Have you ever had your heart broken by someone you loved who wouldn't or couldn't love you back? Or who did love you back, but who left this world too soon? Or in one of the other countless ways, hearts get broken. And did you wonder how to carry on? Last week, a grieving man in his 80s came to see me in my office. In March, he lost his beloved wife of 47 years. And as we sat together, he proudly showed me the little photographs of her from inside his wallet. That's my Elaine. That's my Elaine. And wept solidly for over an hour, asking that question we ask, asking again and again, how could he live now without the woman that he adored, his heart broken? And I know your heart, like mine, is broken in a different way this week in the wake of the horrific shootings in Texas, hard on the heels of the senseless killings in Laguna Woods and Buffalo, <coughs> we grieve a world seemingly crushed by incomprehensible violence. And we ask, when will it stop? How will it stop? How do we carry on? We human beings in every age have faced these questions. We've faced suffering, poverty, spiritual hunger, loneliness, a host of agonies. And, and imagine the disciples whom we meet tonight in passages from Scripture and what they're going through. First, they see their beloved Jesus crucified, then the shock, the disbelief, and finally jubilation at his return, his resurrection. And accounts vary as to how long he remained, but tonight we hear about what looks like another loss, his departure into heaven. This time it comes with a very poignant goodbye. I imagine that Jesus' friends are reeling at the prospect of a world without him at their side teaching, encouraging, loving them along the way, how will they carry on? In Luke's version of this story that you just heard, Jesus carefully prepares his friends for what comes next. First, he opens their minds to understand the scriptures. 
Then he reminds them that the Holy Spirit will come and guide them so that they can be, and I love these words, clothed with power from on high. Encouraging and beautiful words. And next he leads them almost two miles out of Jerusalem to Bethany, where he lifts up his hands and he blesses them. And while he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. Even in his final seconds on earth, he is blessing them, fortifying them as he's carried out of sight. And, and here's my favorite part. In the midst of their inevitable heartbreak at seeing him depart, the disciples all the same return to Jerusalem with great joy, heading straight for the temple to bless God. Jesus has engineered for his followers hopeful next steps. There's another version of this story that appears in Acts of the Apostles, the sequel to Luke, and the followers here are also promised the power of the Holy Spirit, but, but in that version, as Jesus is lifted up, the disciples simply stare at heaven, maybe wondering if they can carry on. And two men in white robes, yes, angels, say, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus will come again in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. If I were the disciples, this hazy future good news that Jesus will come again might well leave me feeling confused and afraid still. For me, these ascension moments in Luke and in Acts of the Apostles have always felt awkward. How are we supposed to feel as he ascends? Is this just a way of, of getting him into heaven or, or more? What is accomplished when Jesus ascends? And if I'm honest, and I'm going to be honest with you tonight. I have spent very little time in my life thinking about the ascension. <laughs> I know. I'm sure these guys think about it all the time. But, <laughs> but I mean, I, I've, 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 I've preached and written extensively about the birth of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the death and resurrection of Jesus. But I've scarcely developed anything approaching an ascension theology. For me, Jesus' ascension has just been loss, like heartbreak. He lived with us here. He loved us here in our world. And now he's somewhere else until we are reunited by death, until he comes again. Luckily, I have a friend named Lee Walker. <laughs> and last week I talked to Father Lee about this and I said, what, 
just out of curiosity, what do you think about the ascension? I thought I might be able to get some tips. <laughs> and I said, do you have, uh, by any chance, an ascension theology? And he did. If you know Father Lee, you're not going to be surprised that he has an elegant and extensive ascension theology, which he shared with me. And boy, am I grateful. <laughs> As Father Lee puts it, it's a mistake to, to think of the ascension as like the, the final movie credits. It turns out that I was missing something hugely wonderful, and namely this. Well, this part we know. Jesus is human and divine. And we know that our humanity is, 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 is part of him. So here's the great part. When he ascends, we ascend with him. This is what I understand now. Father Lee reminded me. He said, remember, it's not just part of you, part of me, which the life and sacrifice of Christ has united to God, to the divine nature. It's all of you. It's all of me. It's all of every person in this room. It is the complete totality of, of, of who and what I am and who and what you are. It's the complete totality of every human being. It's not something that's going to happen to us later. It's something that's happening, and it's happened already. It is a present reality, both for God who exists outside of time and for us who live within time. Jesus contains the totality of us, and at the ascension, the totality of us is united with God who made us, the God who made us. And because Jesus has ascended to the right hand of God, we exist simultaneously in heaven and on earth. Did you all know that? I did not really fully grasp that. <laughs> I thought it was going to happen later. Anyway, so this has been a very big week for me. <laughs> and I'm so thrilled to be talking about the Ascension tonight because even though we are flawed human beings struggling mightily through this world, trying to figure out how to be good here on earth, at the same time, as Lee puts it, our very nature now sits in the second person of the Trinity, Christ, at the right hand of God. And think of the heart-transforming power for us in knowing that God, God who is pure love, no matter how we struggle, this God is, is, is holding us and rushing out to embrace us, to bring us home to where we already are thanks to the Ascension. Just this morning, one of my favorite monks, Brother James Custer, summed it all up beautifully. I know some of you read this the same as I do every morning. If Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, we are as well. Our present condition is that we dwell not only here on earth, looking forward to the happiness of heaven, but 
as members of Christ, children of God, and inheritors of the kingdom of heaven. And get this, here's the best line of all. We dwell eternally in glory even now. We dwell eternally in glory even now. So knowing this in our hearts and souls, I think it changes everything, even the heartbreak we feel here on earth. And we know heartbreak this week. Our dual citizenship in heaven and on earth reminds us that there is another way to live. It reminds us of hope. It reminds us of consolation. Every earthly heartbreak happens to hearts battered on earth and lovingly held in heaven. This is how we carry on. So remember the grieving, the beautiful grieving gentleman I told you about <coughs> who lost his beloved wife, the light of his earthly life. Well, after we finished our meeting in my office, we walked out of the church together and out into the parking lot to our cars. And in the sweetest, most courtly way, he pulled himself together from the weeping. And he said, let me put you in your car. Now, no one has ever asked to put me in my car. I love it, but it's never happened to me. I mean, sometimes people have opened a door, but no one has ever said, may I put you in your car? Usually I put myself in the car. <laughs> but this offer seemed to matter to him so much. And I said, great. And so very deliberately, he opened my door, saw that I was safely settled inside, and then said goodbye and gently shut the door. It was lovely. I felt tucked in. <laughs> and I believe in that moment, with God's help, he was remembering and reclaiming a little bit of what makes him, him, his courtly ways, his kindness. So he gave me that little gift. In those few seconds, he was caring for me. He was carrying on. And this is how we, impossible as it may seem, survive the heartbreak of now by reaching out, by caring, just as the community that is God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit holds us and cares for us in heaven. We face such pain here on earth, and yet 
wonderfully, remarkably. Also, we are living in glory now. That's my ascension theology. Thank you, Father Lee. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>